VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. Seattle wins as an underdog, and it's a trend now, a number more than you'd expect. Fifth underdog to win outright in week one. What's going on there? Also, back on Monday Night Football, what a decision at the end of the game. Not one, but two of our hosts have hot takes on how bad that decision was. And in the rest of the NFL, you got Trey Lance now favored to be benched, and you've got T.J. Watt looking like he's coming back in about six weeks, it looks like. We'll go over all the NFL news. Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday. That's after Monday, so a lot of Monday night football talk and other NFL you know, it's it's the beautiful day where you get to look back one more time and dig a little deeper, and then you start looking ahead to next week and on and on. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. And you heard in the news, T.J. Watt looks like he's not going to have to get that surgery. And I'm a Steelers fan, but I got to tell you, if there's one thing that you realize as you get a little bit older, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you're jumping off uh, bridges into the river and stuff. And 
you know, you feel indestructible. But as you get even into your, you know, 20s, 30s, you start realizing that's not the case. And then you start realizing how fragile greatness is athletically. You know, back in the day, it was like one knee injury. Mickey Mantle was something and then he wasn't, you know. And now rehab is so much better, but it doesn't always, you know, it can happen. And even if they rehab effectively, often they're never that great, great, top, best, you know, of the year, defensive player of the year type. RG3 hurt his knee. He was still fast, but there was just something a little different. And to me, TJ Watt being at that pinnacle and then thinking, oh, he's going to be a year off. Maybe the next year he's still going to be at 80%. The idea that it won't be that, to me, is a glorious thing. But it, I think it also reminds us to to enjoy and appreciate that that pinnacle when it's there. Because it's not there for long. It, you know, Not only do few people get to experience it, few, even when they do, it's for a short fleeting period of time. So, speaking of that... He is the fan who beats the man, <laughs> A.J. Hoffman, and we have Scott Seidenberg broadcasting. joining. Great to be here, R.J. The Broncos coach, Nathaniel Hackett, under fire for his in-game decisions. Like you mentioned, the Steelers get some good injury news on T.J. Watt, and the Colts move on from their kicker after one week. What is the Vegas lead? All right, so we're going to lead with Monday night, obviously. We're going to lead with the decision to kick, but here's what I want to do. I want A.J., you first. And I'll say go, and then Scott, give a number from 1 to 10 about how hot you are, how hot your take is on how bad that decision was. Whoever has the higher number gets to go first. So, AJ. Seven. Six and a half. All right, AJ. All right, listen, I think this was a foolish move by Nathaniel Hackett. I I think, first of all, what he said after the game yesterday, saying that was the line we were trying to get to, that's our field goal range, is absolutely absurd. To think that no matter who your kicker is, the second longest field goal ever made in history is what it would have been. That is your field goal range. That cannot be your thought process when you went out and paid $250 million plus for a quarterback. You don't trust him to go out there and get five yards in that situation. It's crazy to me. And I think maybe there was it was, in a way, Nathaniel Hackett trying to protect Russell Wilson, trying to protect him from failing in Seattle and worried about his psyche for the rest of the season. I, I, I think you when you've got a quarterback like Russ – Whatever the chances are he gets it or not, that, those five yards are better than that kick being made for sure. So I, I thought it was just a, a bonehead play. He's walked back his statements a little bit today saying, in hindsight, he would have gone for it. He should have given the ball to Russ. You paid $250 million for a quarterback. It shouldn't even be a question of whether you put the game in his hands or the kicker's hands. All right, a couple interesting things. And, and the one about protecting him is fascinating. So let's set that to the side for a second. Here's a powerful concept in life. Once you define a term and it means something in your mind, then saying that word becomes very powerful. So let's say, you know, anyone that's been in a relationship, you start out and usually, you know, most people are not saying I love you the first night. Right. And but at a certain point, there's the I love you. And what happens is that is usually said from then until it's over. And the reality is, to some degree, saying it is momentum to continue what you're doing. Because, hey, if you love someone, what do you do? You stay with them. It, it, it becomes a powerful word. And in truth, sometimes, I think most people that's ever broken up with someone, you realize in hindsight that wasn't the case, that last whatever percent. But 
the momentum of the word. So he was saying field goal range. Like, so we know what that means. If someone, if a team's in field goal range, it means it's viable to kick a field goal. It's the field goal is able to be kicked. And it, it makes sense. If I said, here's the situation, AJ situation is you need a field goal to win, not the title win. And you're in field goal range. It's fourth down. What do you do? It's an easy answer, right? You kick the field goal. You, sure, you kick a field goal. And it's all about the definition of what field goal range is. He, if he had some word in his head that is a you know long shot field goal possibility, let's say even say field goal possibility, now you're saying, okay, that's possible, but it's risky. Now, what's my alternative? So it is interesting how his wording, I think, kind of gave away what he was thinking. His mind, he had this hard line, and when he reached it, even though it was on the fringes of a viable field goal, he thought field goal time. So I get it. Now, what I want to do before we go to Scott and we're straight out of Vegas, I want to get into this protecting Russ because my first thought on this was, man, even if it was a close call, let's say the analytically with the math, you figure why not show faith in your quarterback? Yeah, as much that, that apparently his main complaint in Seattle is he wasn't shown enough faith. There wasn't enough put on his plate to cook or for him to cook or however you want to say it. And <laughs> it seems like the default, almost like day, you know, day ball going for the two. I thought mathematically it was bad, but you could make the case, worst case, it's day, you know, whatever uh, the New York Post. What did the New York Post say about him? So it was something about him Tables having. Tables of steel. Yes, there you go. So if you can have that as the default, and even if you're in a 40% proposition, maybe it's worth it, especially if you're not going to win a bunch that year anyway and you want the draft choice. But here it seems like the, the default would have been Russ unless it's clearly not the best decision. But in this case, it was a very questionable decision that he then reverses himself on, and then he goes against Russ, exactly the kind of thing that the Seattle seemingly did. But you're saying, no, maybe this was him protecting him. Explain what you mean by that. I mean, I know what you mean is in well, if he the, fails, there's going to be like a lot of heat on him. Is that right? I think that's part of it, but also the fact that the the crowd there was so against Russ from the beginning of the game, and you could tell like there were there were some old Seattle players, some current Seattle players saying, "Hey, we should show Russ some love when he gets here." And instead, the crowd was immediately against him, booing him heartily from the from before kickoff. I think him blowing that spot, if, if he had he blown that spot in his first game back against Seattle in Seattle, I, th- I think that really could have been detrimental to Russ's psyche. I, I really do, so, so, especially in a situation where he he supposedly went to the better team. He was supposed to be now on the better team, and he still was the guy who failed in that big moment. All right, so do you feel like he would have wanted or is this something he was doing? You think the coach was doing it for his best interest, but it wasn't something. I like Russ- to assume that Russ wanted. Yeah, I like to assume Russ wanted the ball because when you've got a guy like that, you assume he always wants the ball. But I, I do think that the coach was maybe looking out for him a little bit. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas talking about Monday Night Football and the main aftermath being the decision to kick the long field goal and not let Russell Wilson finish the job for the comeback. Now, you said something about the booing. Uh, I was surprised at the amount of negativity. 
as I read about it, they said that a lot of Seattle people, you know, something we don't realize is Seattle's got that second level city kind of, you know, little brother chip on their shoulder, right? And apparently they the analogy was Alex Rodriguez leaving. It was like, oh yeah, he comes here, we grow him into a star, and then he goes to a bigger a bigger place and abandons, you know, the small town kind of mentality. Um, and, and it's funny, my wife, who is a, a Seahawks fan and a, a Mariners fan, she was surprised they were booing Russ because she said when, when A-Rod first came back and he was with the Rangers, that Mariners fans cheered for him, mostly because he was a free agent, he was unaffordable. When he went to the Yankees, they started booing him, but at the time, they all understood why Alex Rodriguez left, and it's crazy to think that Alex Rodriguez was looked at as more of a good guy to fans than, than Russell Wilson is, but Seattle fans had a lot of disdain for the way that Russ left town. One thing I think we don't fully understand yet is how much things have changed in the last in the internet era when it comes to like people who are inauthentic. It seems like almost everyone feels like Russ is a little inauthentic that he puts on a uh, clean and perfect and everything sparkling. You know, Instagram type where there's a lot of filters and editing, and you know you have a you you almost have like an Instagram picture, but you have a camera crew there you know, with lighting and, and I don't think people like, I know people don't like that anymore. And I think there's been a tipping point with Russ that he, he is inauthentic. And I think 20 years ago, it would have worked great because it wasn't the information that we all have. Now everyone, you know, the whole idea of denying he wanted to trade, even though his agent was giving out, you know, back in the day, you would have read that about that in the newspaper and forgot about it. Now message boards, Twitters, it's, it's nonstop. I feel like in general his brand has taken a hit over this. All right, Scott, so your take on anything we talked about, but especially on the decision. So everything that you said is why I'm only 6.5 and not an 8 on this. The fact that Nathaniel Hackett had that yardage line in mind and watching the way that Russell Wilson and the team kind of walked up to the line of scrimmage and stood there and let the clock milk down – it seemed like that was a part of their strategy. Otherwise, they might have been scrambling there and then called the timeout earlier. It seemed like everybody was on the same page that, hey, we got to the point we needed to get to. It's fourth down. We're going to kick the field goal. I disagree with that move because I think you have a better chance of winning the game putting the ball in Russ's hands and letting him get five yards so that you can set up a much easier field goal. Football Outsiders put out their win probability, and they said 7.4% by kicking the field goal, 36.1% by attempting a pass play. And obviously there's a lot that can come into play when you run a play. It's not just gaining the yardage. You can get a first down via a penalty. So many things could come into play here. I would have rather ran a play there trusting Russell Wilson and seeing what happened trying to get five yards, which, oh, by the way, you could have easily gotten by drawing them off sides as well, as opposed to just letting the clock milk down to 20 seconds and kicking the field goal. Yeah, I think that's well said. I think both you guys have had strong takes on it. To me, I think the best you could think is it was a tight call. Um, I, I think the most sympathetic view towards kicking the field goal is, oh, it was a coin flip, meaning which was better. I don't think that's the case. And to me, the main distinction was how much time was left upon the play, the prior play ending. If they had rushed and uh, obviously not spiked the ball, but called timeout. So not even rushed, but called timeout. Now, 
if you get the first, not only do you get those yards, so it goes from a 64-yarder to, or, uh, uh, yeah, a 64-yarder to maybe a 58-yarder. 59. Yeah, well, yeah, something like that. So that by itself is very valuable. If you look at the difference, it's actually significant. But then you still, in theory, how many timeouts did they have? If they would have called a timeout right away, did they have three? One? They had all three timeouts. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so then at that point now, in theory, you've got – five or six plays at that point where well, you could have a chip shot field goal. And easily. I also, I also think that the part of the downside to this is now this is how you've, you've branded yourself culturally to, to your team and to your fan base. And it's funny because yesterday morning, denverbroncos.com had a story that said why Nathaniel Hackett's fearlessness makes him a great leader. <laughs> so that you're selling him as this like this fearless dude who's just going to go for it. And then to make the, the like least ballsy decision of all time is, is just, it's, it's striking to me that if for a guy that you're trying to push as this guy, who's going to take you to the next level and, and all these new young coaches, we talk about, mm. are they too aggressive? This is the opposite of aggression. This is where it's like, wow, this is just, a, a very meek approach to the game, which is no odd. day balls of steel. I I agree about halfway to what you're saying. Here's where I disagree. I think it is borderline brain dead. The obsession with aggression. Oh, I just made that up. That there is today, in that it's like, oh, he onside kick. He went from a for, you know fourth and one in his own twenty-eight in the second quarter. Great, you know he's got he's got guts. No, listen, some of the dumbest people I know jumped off of bridges, right? So it's like, it, it doesn't take guts to do crazy <laughs> things, right? Is It takes guts to be analytically sound and then make a decision. You know what took guts? Bill Belichick going for it like 11 years ago with Brady when it was fourth and four or whatever against Peyton Manning when they were on their own 30 or whatever because he was at the forefront of understanding this and thus he did the bold thing when all talk radio I still remember emailing Colin his producer at the time saying hey this actually the math on this makes sense but everyone was blasting Belichick now that was the first decision like that that let that open the door to the whole revolution of aggression but this also aj and scott feeds into the idea that young coaches are better we said yesterday well wait a minute because if they're 28 they're better than 38 and 40 what happens do they get dumber what happens and it's like this guy tell me the coach there's only a handful of coaches that got hired that we thought they were goofy at the beginning Right. So you could maybe say Freddie Kitchens. It felt not goofy, but like he was maybe in over his hat. But in general, for Zach every, Taylor. Yeah. But he's turned out to be maybe not. Uh, it over turned his out to be all right. Yeah. And, and I think Zach Taylor wasn't immediately. I think it was uh, with time passing. He made some bad decisions early and people then said, oh, look, it's the whole kind of McVeigh. If you had a lunch with him once, you get a job thing. Right. That, that's what that was about, I think. But the reality is even Joe Judge. I mean, listen, Scott, you de- you follow New York as a Brooklyn guy very closely. Uh, when did it turn against Joe Judge? Because I would make the case. Even in game four, he was still looked at as the future and everyone was optimistic, right? Yeah, it wasn't until the second half of the season when you realized that the losing was just continuing and there were no signs of optimism. Well, they got worse. I mean, the the Giants gave up on that team. The, each, the players gave up or however you want to say their effort wasn't there. 
more so than almost any case I've seen in the last five years. All right. So to me, it's a cautionary tale for every um, uh, LaFleur, right? An unknown guy at the kind of the time it's become, you know, 13, 13 and 13 wins is you're going to get a Joe Judge. And we don't know right now if Hackett is Joe Judge or, you know, if so, he might be the OC for New England next year. Or, you know, (laughs) is he a LaFleur? And I would make the case that historically when a a coordinator or quarterback coach has been about being a guy, the guy of a really good guy, those guys are usually overrated. You know, there's something about the personal connection that makes the quarterback like him. Not so much he's a master X's and O's person. We'll see, but Hackett is unproven for sure. And and quite frankly, Russ is unproven when it comes to being the focus of a team. You know, he's been a complimentary piece that started being more, but really what's been the most successful season that Russ was more than a game manager? Not that successful, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's do this. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we've covered the controversy. We haven't covered the first 59 minutes of the game. We'll do that. And (laughs) I've got three or four different thoughts from Sunday that you haven't heard anywhere else that I think are important. Stay tuned. He's RJ Bell with Scott Seidenberg. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to like you know Lil Durk, and you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you? T- why are you telling me the whole time? <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich, and much like you, we work hard to try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids, and we've worked hard to build a nice home, and you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash crshow for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. And again, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash CR show. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash CR show. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words and the heavens gonna fall, the government runs a I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Okay, so we got one minute of the game covered. We got 59 to go. I don't know, Mackenzie, if he wants to do some math on how long that's going to take. I think we're going to get through the other 59, first 59 quicker. It's a great day to join. And since we got a lot to go, we'll just say it's 91 degrees and the neon is pumping here in Vegas. Okay, so in general, here's my takeaway from the game. Forgetting the ending. One, what a pick on the first half. Jeez, RJ, winner, winner. I mean, how sweet. Let's take a minute with that. Scott, you didn't, you weren't here every day. Then you were and, and the mat. Like what, how's it like to watch the magic happen? It's, it's impressive. I got to admit, you know, it's, <laughs> I, 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 sometimes I don't want to see how the sausage is made, but on the other hand, uh, I'm very curious and I'd like to go back in the kitchen and see what's going on back there. And not only was it impressive to see how it was cooked, it tasted delicious as well. <laughs> and I tell you, you're right. Sometimes there's th- pots and pans getting thrown. I mean, there, yeah, it's a high stakes <laughs> game, but I, again, this is what I'll say. And I say this sincerely. All the people that are not good handicap, there's two types of handicappers in the world, and one of them is not even a handicapper. One is the people that look at the games, look at the stats, look at whatever they look at, and they assess who is mispriced, right? who's getting value. And then there's another group who tends to be insecure that this is what they do. And you know what? This second group tends to make more money, meaning if you're a good handicapper, you could make more money being this other 
thing I'm going to explain. But if you're a great handicapper, you do much, much better. But most people aren't great. And I'm not great at anything. You know, I don't, I think maybe NFO sides, you could say I'm really good, but that's it. Right. So the other group are the ones that are super savvy about what the market is telling you. And then they find variations to the market. So let's use an example. Let's say at the, this is a, uh, hmm. let's say that there's a debate about, uh, you can bet on what the true temperature is, that there's thermometers all over the place. And you can say, oh, the bank, remember the bank used to have the, at least in my town, the bank had the time and then it would tell you the temperature. But let's say it said 83, but if you went to bet it, it was really 81, right? So if there was one place that had the, if you knew it had the best, most accurate readings, you would go see what the temperature was, and then you would go all around to the various places and try to bet based upon that information. You didn't, you don't, you're not a meteorologist, you're not a weather person, but you know where the best source is. Well, that's what they do. They look and say, okay, Pinnacle is a book that is really sharp, and Bet Chris is, and Circa is, and now Circa is at six and a half minus 20, and over at this dumb dumb book that the squares play at, you can lay six and a half flat. Hey, I'm gonna bet that now. You know, that actually is a way to make money, but it doesn't add to the conversation. You can't talk about that. Like, think about it. all these guys now want to be on radio shows and TV shows and videos and whatever and Twitch, and they all want to talk about betting. But you can tell the ones that are handicappers because they'll actually talk about the games. And then you can talk about the ones that aren't. That usually talk about how this how they got a ticket in their pocket that's that's better. I got a six now the market's seven. It's like okay, what does that do any good to the listener? Nothing, right? And in general, they usually talk about how square other people are, not how you can be sharp. And to me, as much as in the NFL, they want to tell you how you can't beat it. It's the most liquid market. Well, here's what I know. We've been making picks, me and Fez, and some others at different times. And AJ helped last year. AJ's helping this year. Scott's now helping. Mackenzie's been helping for years. But it's really, you know, I'm making the final decision, and Fez is contributing greatly. Now, listen, Fez, when he makes the final decision, is the only two, you know, Steve Fezzik is the only two-time Super Contest champion, which is the biggest contest. So he's great. He doesn't need my help. But together, we've done amazingly well in the $5,000 gold contest, which is the most expensive contest in the world for picking NFL games. And it's gone on for four years. We've entered it for four years. And over those four years, we had the very best record of anyone in the world, number one. And there's been like 300 people participate in the contest, I think is the number. So we're proud, and think about it, who's participating? Right, the people betting fifty dollars a game. You think they're putting up five thousand? These are the best in the world. I feel great about that accomplishment, but I also think it goes to show. And what have we done during that time? We've hit almost fifty-seven percent, which is shockingly good. And we've got, you know, I would like to say we got lucky. I actually don't think we have. I think we've gotten a little unlucky, but we've been really good with it. And when I think about that first half pick here, I think to myself, well. Where's the value at on the game? And it's like, well, the line was like three. Now it's six and a half. Now, how bad was that three? Has anything changed? 
Like, you know, let me ask you guys, and I know it's been a little of a monologue, but uh, like between the line that was there July 15th and kickoff last night, what made Denver any better? If anything, they lost a key receiver, right, to injury. Seattle, in theory, I guess you could say they could have traded for Jimmy G. So maybe that was a little bit. But, like, what really changed, AJ? I think you're right. I think the Jimmy G thing is the the one thing that had Seattle kind of bolstered up until – you know, the last couple, I guess maybe month or so, but yet nothing fundamentally changed with Seattle's roster or Denver's roster to make this line move. And maybe you can say Seattle's quarterback decision between Drew Locke and Geno Smith, but that's really it. But that's a, that's a coin flip. and That's a bum nickel flip. You know, like a wooden nickel. Yeah, I agree, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I, I would say this. I don't. Not much change, but the line moves three points. Now, the thing you got to realize is if the line opens up Sunday night and moves a couple points immediately, it means the bookmaker made a mistake and the betters corrected it. But if a line's up and it goes up a half point every two weeks, for you know, till it goes up three points, it just means there's a general drift in that direction. But you got to ask yourself at six and a half, if that was even near correct, then how in the heck was three out there for so long, or three and a half, or four? So in general, I know I wanted to go Seattle, but then I started thinking about it and I said, well, how's that crowd going to be? Well, they're going to be rocking and rolling early, right? I know that much. So early is better. And, you know, our pick, as most listeners know, was first half, you know, and look how much better that Seattle played in the first half. Then I thought, you know, Pete Carroll does well in week one and Hackett's one of these guys that doesn't play his starters. So it's like he might start a little slow because of that. And, guys, let's go back to a group talk here. It seems like, in general, that though in years past, the teams that didn't play their starters didn't seem to suffer week one. Boy, this year, Green Bay again. And, they, you know, Rams look bad. Now Denver looks bad. Those are three of the teams with a hands-off approach. Uh, Steelers, hands-on, you know, more play in the of the starters, right? Tomlin gets the upset win. Uh, Andy Reid plays the starters more. Uh, Belichick does, but, okay, that was a loss. And then um, there was one other, uh, oh, Pete Carroll now. It seems like this idea that the first game, the ones that don't play in the preseason are going to suffer, is gaining some validity. What do you guys think? Three and eight, the uh, teams that sat their starting quarterback for the entire preseason. That's how they did here in week one. Wow. Now, do you have, and if not, we can research this, the prior years? No, I was just going on just this year. Oh, okay. So, McKenzie, take a gander at that if we can figure it out, because that's an interesting stat. Yeah, so so to me, all I'm saying is, yeah, you got to do this for a while. You got to learn the, the the things to avoid. But in general, almost all of my good picks, the ones I like best, are common sense where you're looking at things from a slightly different direction. And Warren Buffett, and I'm not comparing myself to him, and Charlie Munger, his partner, they talk at length about groupthink is the worst thing because if you're right, there's still not money to be made. And if you're wrong, it's a disaster because you're paying the premium of being with the group. And when I say there's not money to be made is if everyone thinks a place is hot for real estate and the prices are sky high, how do you make money there? Right? Finding the place they're going to think is hot in two months or two years is the trick. And that means you've got to be a contrarian thinker. So what I'll say finally here is I'm giving out and I have Every pick on the Super Contest before the games go, you know, on Sunday morning. And I'm even thinking of doing it on uh, Saturday night, though I didn't do it this week, Saturday night. I thought I might. 
So all you got to do is follow me on Twitter, and it's at RJ in Vegas. So it's RJ in Vegas on Twitter, and you get that for free. And I don't tweet all that. I'm, I'm starting to tweet a little bit more than I did. I, I took some time off, but you certainly will get all five of those picks. And like I said, for five or four years now, 57%, and we were three and two the first week. I think that's 60%. I'm going to calculate that for sure. First, though. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. You know, I love Dan. I've never heard him say it like that. He goes, the Pirates drop, or so-and-so dropped the Pirates. That sounded like it was The Wire, and, and it's like Omar p- dropped another guy. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was like, man, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the Pirates if they get dropped like that. What do you? I mean, Scott, you're from Brooklyn, or I, I'm sorry, yeah, Brooklyn. What do you think of that? I, I think it would have been cuter if he said sink the Pirates. <laughs> Ooh, you've been saving that one for All a right, long guys, time. I'll see myself out. It was nice uh, knowing you guys. And, uh, hey, AJ knows bad. It's like you've got another professional comedian in the uh, ranks. AJ knows bad jokes, I'll tell you that much. All right, so let's do this. Let's take our last break. But, you know, I want to say one last thing is this Hackett, the thing about these young coaches that no matter what, they're chipper and cheery, and it's like, oh, it's just like anything else. You mean anything else as in your horrible decision just cost the team the game? Like, is that anything else or is that kind of a big deal? And it's it just like it's like they, they act like if they just smile – and, and not really zero in on the truth of what happened that all of a sudden everything's okay. Now, listen, I know people that's been in like difficult family environments where the dad was drinking and, you know, whatever, it was trouble. So you had to compartmentalize, right? So people would like, you know, you could see they'd be the type to be off smoking a cigarette in high school and staring off into space because they wanted to be in their own little world. I get that you got to do that sometimes in life if you're in a bad spot, but like, to make that some virtue that if you act like nothing's a big deal and there's no consequence, AJ, you no, we'll let McKenzie. McKenzie, you answer for the millennials here. What's going on with that? I think we got a little too comfortable feeling comfortable, and we don't want to. You don't want to face harsh realities at times. Well, when there's a war for water, we're all specialist millennials, you know. Yeah, when there's a water war, you know, rest assured, it's not going to all be good. <laughs> I'm not saying it's next week. I'm just saying. All right, when we come back, we're going to finish the other 59 minutes of this game. Yes, it's true. Stay tuned. He's RJ Bell with Scott Seidenberg. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my my dance, <laughs> This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. So to me, other than the aftermath of Monday night with the idea of the bad call or the bad decision, I think it's a deceiving score. If you look at it, Seattle did not snap a single play in Denver's side of the field the entire second half. So low-scoring game, obviously. Multiple turnovers from Denver inside in the red zone. Uh, the teams were a combined 0-6 in the red zone. So this game was lower scoring than it should have been. And I think, you know, you play this game over again. I'm not sure I want Seattle, and I certainly don't want them for the game. And I think Russ didn't play badly. And let's be honest, this was a tough spot for him, especially if it started fast and he was rolling, yeah. But, man, that same pressure, AJ, that you were thinking, maybe the coach was saving Russell from that pressure of doing it in Seattle for that final play. Maybe as the game went on and it was a tight game, Russell felt some pressure. But in general, I don't downgrade Denver all that much other than a big question for the coach about how good he is. But that's uncertain. Otherwise, that's my take. What do you guys think? 
Yeah, I was a little disappointed with the I know the yardage looks like Russell Wilson played a great game. 2.5 air yards per attempt, third from last in the NFL in week 1, right? He had the same yard uh, air yards as Jacoby Brissett. So it was there was more pass attempts to running backs than there was wide receivers but, and tight ends. It was a very safe game plan by Russell Wilson, which would I guess makes sense because it, it but in a way, I, if you're paying $250 million for a quarterback, I want to see that guy go out and take some chances, make some big throws, win you a game like that. Okay, so what you're saying is safe and effective is what you don't want. It wasn't effective. They lost the game. Well, but that's that's too binary. They lost the game because of multiple turnovers in the, inside the five. All they got to do is push. Well, I, I agree with that. I think the the... the the blame on that goes to Nathaniel Hackett for two times at the one yard line, lining up in shotgun and handing the football That's off, which football is now, it's just atrocious. That happens all across football. I mean, I think I tweet about it every single week. I hate shotgun snaps from the goal line, but that's what every team in, in, in college and the NFL does. And the irony is that if you listen to the real analytics people, they believe one of the inefficiencies in football today is teams don't run the ball enough on like third and three and third and four times where it feels like a must pass down, but in truth it isn't. And the teams are going to nickel and dime and you're able to run the ball more. And isn't it ironic? Russ kind of struggled at the one yard line in another game. So I don't know if that's something with him, right? The Super Bowl against the Patriots, obviously. Um, But in general, AJ, a dot or average depth of target is important if a quarterback's unwilling to throw downfield because he's scared. But if you got a quarterback that's willing to throw downfield, but he'll take what the team gives him, that is the Shanahan, or in general, that's the LaFleur version of the Shanahan offense. Is And as it was explained I suppose so. about It just feels uh, like you, you've got Rogers, the best deep ball thrower in the league. Which you, you can only throw the ball deep so many times. You'd rather have five really targeted one-on-ones than do it ten times in the double coverage. So in general, I think that the Denver approach of a lot of short passes, don't be afraid to run, and then take your targeted, strategic, deep shots is actually what Aaron Rodgers has won two MVPs with. So I don't think Russell's going to be an MVP, but I think that that isn't a problem. So we didn't get to it today. We will tomorrow. Scott has maybe the worst bad beat story I've ever heard, and we'll get to that tomorrow for sure. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I I look forward to making fun of him on this. If you missed any of today's show, including a 59-minute breakdown of the last minute of Monday Night Football and a one-minute breakdown of the other 59, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We'll be back tomorrow, 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. Start looking forward to week two, week one behind us, week two on the way. He's R.J. Bell with Scott Seidenberg. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.